A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to this. It is the Rugby Dungeon. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. I do appreciate it when you subscribe and particularly when you leave reviews. That is massively important for chart reasons or whatever it is. And also follow us on Twitter because that's where the action happens. I'm at Jay Beardmore. This podcast is at the Rugby Dungeon. And of course, if you want to find me, Tim and Phil, well, we do our Egg Chasers podcast every week, every Monday or Sunday, without fail for something like five years now, at Rugby Podcast. Go find us there. Brilliant. Okay, today's guest. I've been hunting down this guest for literally months. Finally found a window in his diary where we could do this interview. So, here we go. It's uh, me talking to Brendan Venter. How are you, Brendan? I'm good. Thank you, Jerry. It's a pleasure um, being with you. Now, just before we get into, into the rugby stuff, um, am I right? You're in Cape Town now. Is, is, that, is that correct? Yes. yes, I live in Scarabosh. Now, how are things there? Because uh, I understand that you guys are going through through a bit of a drought. Yes, yes. Um, this is a rainy season, so the rain has actually been a bit better. Uh, but we are in the middle of a, of a quite a severe drought at the moment. Uh, every, uh, everyone, hold, uh, every everybody holding up okay? No, no, they're fine. No, it's no problem from that point of view. Um, there's very strict uh, water restrictions, mm-hmm. uh, but the people have adapted well to it. It's amazing how quickly human beings adapt when there's a problem. Yeah, very true, actually. Now, you're back in South Africa. Tell me about your medical practice. So, um, I've, I've had my practice for 18 years um, I've just structured it in a way that I take little sabbaticals and everybody around me understands that, that I, I get a, um, a bit of a rugby fix every now and then where I just go <laughs> out and, and do some rugby and I just come back. Um, uh, so we're actually six people that work in the practice. So it is possible to slip away and, and get back in. Yeah, I mean, that is quite, that is quite astounding to uh, think of the things that you do in the game as a small rugby fix. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, medicine and, and rugby is, is is very, very, very similar. You know, you you sit with a with a problem. There's a, a set of facts that you need to look at, and then you need to make a decision, and, and you must find a way to to implement that decision. So it's, it's not that complex. It's very similar, actually. That, that's interesting because we did speak last week when we were trying to arrange this interview. One of the things which you said, and it really struck me, is. You're more interested in dealing with rugby situations which you find challenging rather than anything else. No, absolutely. You know, um, I, I must admit, um, I, I don't stay with anywhere longer than two years. When I go into the deal, it's always just for two years. Then I get a, a, another uh, place to go. Or it's been from the start, it's been like that, that um, because of my practice. You know, I can't come in and long-term coach for 10 years. That's not what I want to do. Um, it's not interesting for me. Um, and the only places I've ever been to are places that were broken. There was something wrong. 
and then they ask me, and then I come in, um, and then I look at it, and I give them my opinion, and, and I, I help, and I change things, and I change cultures, and I, I look at personnel, and I create environments, but then I leave again. Um, and I think one of the advantages of that is that the one thing is it doesn't put pressure on the coach who is there because uh, I don't want his job. You know, yeah. I'm very comfortable the way I do things. But it's way more interesting. Um, I often, in my practice, they never give me an admin patient. In other words, when there's a form to fill in, I just don't do those things because I say there's other people that can do those things. I, I, I like to solve a problem. That's why um, I like rugby because rugby has a whole range of problems. <laughs> you know, you never... Um, you, you're never without. You're either in a problem or you're heading to a problem or you've just been through a problem. But, you know, you, you the moment you get complacent and you think you've figured it out, you know, you're in trouble. It's just something with medicine. So even when you see people um, um, who currently don't have a problem, you know, the ability to look what could be a problem if they don't act on it now, it's part of good medicine. So it's exactly the same thing in rugby. It's, it's, you know, you can use the same analogy over and over and over again. And it's something like the very similar problem-solving ability, um, you know, and, and, and both people are central to the problem or the solution, uh, you know. So, obviously, patients come in all, all sorts of shapes and sizes with all various different problems. Do you find a common problem among, among unsuccessful rugby teams? Is that something which keeps on cropping up over and over again? <coughs> No, absolutely. The, the theme is, is, is always the same, um, and that is that the, the, the coaching regime have got the inability to get the best out of their squad. So a good way to describe that would be is you have, you've got a God-given body, mm-hmm. and it is what it is. You've got genetic predispositions and weaknesses and strengths, and your ability to understand that if you predispose to a disease, does not mean you're going to get the disease. It just means you've got a bigger chance of getting the disease. Um, And rugby is exactly the same thing. You've got a team that have got certain strengths and weaknesses. And if you go with a set formula, the set formula doesn't work the whole time for everybody because you must look at the strengths and weaknesses of your team and you must go to that. And you must work with people. And the the bottom line is the, the, the happier people are, the more productive they are. It's as simple as that. So, um, and invariably, when you go in environment, people are unhappy. That's very what happens. That's why they're not performing. And you only see the symptoms. So somebody would come in and in the practice, and they'd say they have a headache. And I said, well, a headache is not a it's not a sickness. It's a symptom. I'm nauseous. It's a symptom. You know, I'm tired. It's a symptom. It's not a sickness. So, what is the underlying problem? And how do we rectify the underlying problem? And sometimes it's more complex. There's numerous underlying problems. And you need a certain set of skills once you've identified the problem to fix the problem. And then you have to have the ability to motivate the people who you're fixing the problem with. If somebody's overweight or they're smoking, if they don't stop smoking or lose weight, you're not going to solve the problem. So it, it, it's so similar, medicine and, 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 and rugby. It's unbelievably similar. Uh, it's exactly the same skills required. And um, there is a set of, of rules which you need to follow in rugby. If you don't have a good set piece, you know, if you don't have a well-organized structured defense, um, if you don't have an, uh, some attacking flair, some attacking, good attacking players, attacking structure, if you're not well-disciplined, you know, um, if you don't have a good exit strategy, all of these things are just, um, you can read that in the book, basically. You can go and Google good defensive structures and rugby, and I'm sure you'll come up with something. It's something with medicine. 
Yeah. Knowledge is, 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 very, is, is very unimportant nowadays because we've all got knowledge. It's the implementation of the knowledge which is, is the trick. Uh, and when you ask me, when I go to any environment, that's invariably the problem, is we want to solve problems with knowledge. We actually don't solve problems with knowledge. We solve problems with people and then knowledge follows. Or, or you, as used as a tool to, to achieve whatever we need to achieve. So how, when, uh, how, how do you, once you enter a club, go about diagnosing the problem? Because I imagine you can't get a good idea of, um, of any issues until you're actually inside the club or in, inside that team structure. So a good example would be Saracens, a, a team that I worked with. Um, I went over as a, as a defensive consultant mm-hmm. and I saw the culture and the way individuals acted within that. And when they asked me to, to try and fix the problem um, as a full-time guy, um, um, I had uh, 13 people go. And everybody said, but how can you have 13 people go? And see, because I knew them, I, I went there four times as a consultant. And it was a very unique, rare place where I went, where I actually went back and, and worked with them. But I knew that these players had certain characteristics in the way they acted that was never going to change because that is a dilemma and and Saracens had the money to be able to do that to let people go normally the process is a bit longer but there's certain things you want of people um, and and sometimes you get to change people but often you you know you're not going to change older people and and that thing is is attitude is fight is having a dog in them and is, is what I admire in rugby players and, and a work ethic and a hunger. But if you don't have that, if you're complacent and you're lazy, I can try and change it, but it doesn't really work. So that's what I do. I can go in and I can reasonably quickly see. But most of the time, the, the dilemma is the coaching staff is more of the problem than the, than, than the players. Mm-hmm. Players normally have a brilliant attitude, but um, coaches... Um, uh, or asking or expecting something of a group of players which they can't give them. Um, uh, and, and that's what, what makes it, it sometimes harder to say to a coach that the way you are treating your players and the way you are dealing with a problem it will never give good results. Yeah. Or it could give temporary good results while you're getting, while you've got good players and you're winning. Because winning is brilliant energy. It's great for the environment. But there will come a time that you lose. And the question is, how good are you when things go wrong? Not uh, how good are you when things go right. Um, I spoke to Mark uh, McCall, who's a good friend. We, we coached together at Harrison's. And I said to him, after this fantastic achievement um, of winning the premiership again, I said to him, Swally, for me, the most impressive thing was how you, as a head coach, head of the environment, kept the team together. I think Saracens lost seven games on the trot somewhere this year in all competitions yeah. um, and that Mark had the ability to turn that around because he has a great environment uh, you know, and as a leader he kept his head um, that for me is a proper achievement uh, you know where other people you talk about losing the squad and they just lost the squad uh, you know and then coaches have to move on now, do you think that coaches end up in these dead ends and it does happen quite frequently where you know the culture collapses and everyone's unhappy do you think it's a product of too much pressure on coaches? Because when I have met them in the past, they always seem to do the longest hours. They always seem to be the most stressed. And I could see how that might influence the way that, the way that they train players. 
No, absolutely. But, um, you know, uh, the dilemma with that is, is if you use a stick to beat people, mm. that only works for that long. You know, people don't actually do it by themselves. I mean, that's just probably the, the, the most relevant thing I can say uh, about this. The, the beating with people with a stick does work for certain bears. And I mean, even in England, environment at the moment, it's very challenging because they used a certain way of dealing with people and treating people and, and, and players and, and coaches. And um, when you're getting results, people bear that. But when things go wrong, you know, and the only thing you've got in your hand is a stick, it becomes unbelievably difficult to turn turn environments around. Um, yeah. and, 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 and when the pressure on the coach is at its highest, then his true colours will come out and he will turn in the players because it's not him. And I'm not saying Eddie's done that because I have no inside information saying that, but I'm saying that is the challenge because then it becomes us and them. Then it's not us and us anymore. Yeah. Uh, and because of the nature of rugby, that is the challenge. Is how do you keep a level head and treat people with, with kindness and dignity even if you're not getting results? Even if you are going to end up being fired, can you take the pressure on it yourself? Then you take the responsibility and not keep placing it back to the player to make yourself feel better. It's a very basic human um, characteristic. Is you literally want to blame somebody else. If something goes wrong, the best way to make yourself feel better is to blame somebody else. And coaching doesn't work like that. You know, because if you do that, all will happen. You will lose your team, and that's it. Yeah, you, know, you must stay factual about your approach. Do you, do you do you think another reason that coaches may turn to harsher tactics to get results from their players is because it's so effective in the short term? No, obviously, you know. But I mean, shouting—if you shout too much, it's like anything in life. People just don't hear you anymore. Yeah. You know, shouting, if you really shout, they, they will react because it's 5%. And it will be that all good coaches lose their temper and lose, get frustrated at, at times. Mm-hmm. But if it happens the whole time, you know, it's it's like everything. They just don't hear you anymore. You know, and, and, and I, well, I think it invariably happens. Um, it's it's results-driven, the frustration. If the frustration of the coach is... Um, Factual-driven, but otherwise performance-driven. You know, rightly so. You must be cross because there's a certain standard that has to be adhered to, and that standard is a high level of effort and, and discipline and the work ethic, and that's how you function. Uh, and if it's not good enough, shout, scream, and, and, and say it's not good enough and fire people. But, but if if the problem is a, is a bad result, but it was not because of of in, in laziness or, or or lack of effort, then fix the problem. You know, figure out new plans, you know, improve uh, players' skill, improve their decision-making ability, and understand it's a process. Mm-hmm. And I think that is where coaches, in my opinion, get muzzled. They don't start with a plan in mind. Uh, you know, so then they are basically results. Because if a result doesn't come, then something needs to be wrong. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes you learn from bad results. You know, you're just getting more clever. I always say, I never do, I just learn. It's as that. Uh, you know, uh, so, just go back to your Saracens days. You said, when you first arrived, that you let go of 13 people. When you were in that process, did yeah. you ever doubt yourself in any way? Because obviously 13 players from a squad is an awful lot. No, absolutely. One of the players actually made me change my mind when we were there. You know, he said, you're wrong. 
uh, I'm going to do this and this and this. And, and, and I said, and he, and he went and said, well, just give us a minute, Edward and I. And he left the room and I said, well, maybe we're wrong. Let's give him a go. I like his attitude. And I changed my mind and just stay home. So I'm not one of those people that I don't change my mind. If you come with a good argument, a factual argument, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm not always right. I'm, uh, you know, but with all the facts at my disposal, I often say this is what I believe we should do at the moment. You know, but we need to make a decision because if we make a decision, we can always change a decision and we'll get better at what we're doing. But if we indecisive, we don't make decisions. You know, and I will give you factually what I expect of you. I always start the relationship with this is what I want from you. What do you want from me? And then or the other way around. What do you want from me? And I'll tell you what I want from you. So it's easy dealing with people like that, you know, and then we put all our cards on the table and, and, and uh, you know, the contract is written. You do what I want, I do what you want, we'll always have a good relationship. If we've got a good relationship, but both of us will perform. It's as simple as that. that it's that, when we, we break the contract, when that, we don't adhere to the fine print. That's absolutely fascinating. Um, I guess the problem there would be you know exactly what you want because you know, of, of your coaching pedigree. Um, do you think it's difficult for players to articulate what they want from, from their coach? Because I don't suppose it's a question that's often asked of, of them. It's the best part of the problem. If you don't know what you want, how can I give it to you? So all I do is stimulate your thought process. <laughs> Sometimes I would say to them, you don't have to tell me now. You can go home and write it out. <laughs> but if you don't know what you want from me, I said, it's quite simple. I'll just help you a little bit. You want money from us because we're a professional rugby coach. So that's easy. Pay me at the end of the month. That's a need you have. You know, I say, <laughs> you want me to upskill you, make you better rugby player, so you're worth more. That's very simple. You want me to turn up on time and be well prepared when I coach you. Well, that's simple. So I'll say, but, but, but I will tell you later what I expect from you. You know, so you must go and sit down. When, when I did this exercise with the Sharks, they spoke for two hours what they wanted from us. Because you know there was a, a reasonably dysfunctional um, coaching in, in place before that, and the dysfunctional wasn't unsuccessful. It was just a different way of doing things, um, where I call it um, uh, 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 survival of the fittest environment. Mm-hmm. So I don't believe in survival of the fittest. You know, I believe in improving people and encouraging people and uh, getting the best out of people, making them as good as they can be. Um, having a culling environment is easy. You just get rid of the weak spots the whole time, but that's not how the world works. If you want a long-term environment, you know, you cull long enough, everybody will look around and ask, who's next? Yeah. Um, you know, so in, in, in their case, when I asked them, I spoke for two hours about what they wanted. I, I told them in five minutes what I wanted. I said, they said, it was all. I said, no, it's more than you think. <laughs> Go on <laughs> and trust me. Um, um, Never think when somebody gives you, read the fine print. What I'm asking for is way harder than you think. But, but you know, I will give you whatever you want. You told me all your stuff was materialistic things and financial things and, you know, the old time and all of these things and treating your family. Those are easy. I can adhere to them. My stuff is different. What I want from you is different. You yeah. know, and, and trust me, you're not going to be able to do it uh, if you're not 100% committed, 100% prepared the whole time. Yeah, it's very much one of those cases, isn't it, of uh, simple isn't necessarily easy. No, no, no. When you see something, I always use the, 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 the um, story of the guy who asked for a grain of wheat on a chessboard and it doubles up 
uh, you know, there's 64 spots on a chess board. And when the king said, look, easy, you know, give the people what they want, uh, you know. And the, 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 when they started um, working out how many grains of wheat it is, it was thousands, millions of bags of wheat eventually. The king didn't understand what the person was wanting from him. Um, and I'm saying is, if you understood what I wanted of you, you would have actually thought really clearly whether you're going to say, this is a fine, I'll give you whatever I want, because I'm never going to back off. If you don't give me 100% that, I'm not going to back off. Then, then you've broken our contract. And all the money, all the time, all the time, is, is, is not, I'm going to let you go when our relationship is served. Wow. Um, I, I guess you've been through many different environments. Saracens, I guess, it was also different because they did have a lot of financial backing. But in the absence of financial backing, how would you go about correcting an individual's behaviour, or would you would you just cut, cut that in, cut that individual loose? How would you balance that when financial? Um, that, that is why you need a little bit of time. Yeah, where there's no quick fix. You know, the reality is, man, he just buys a team and they are successful. Toulon just bought a team and they're successful. Um, there's a lot of places that you can. You know, the, the, all the studies on good organizations, it takes a little bit of time to build a healthy organization. So you need to hang in there while you're building a healthy organization. So it's a valid point you're saying, um, because um, for me, the, the, the most fun ever was taking um, what I call a player with a broken wing, a bird with a broken wing, and, 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 and getting them for cheap and actually building them up and making them um, believe in themselves and those players become superstars. It's awesome when you create a superstar. So in the Saracens model is all of the academy players when, in our first year uh, became British Lions and brilliant players. George Crew, Jamie George, Owen Farrell, all of them. Jackson Ray was the Saracens player of the year now. All first year academy players when I arrived there. We believed in them. It was amazing at how little dropout rate we had. Yeah. Um, but there will be a dropout rate when there's not as much money, it just takes a little bit longer uh, because you do need, at professional sports, you need quality players. It's as simple as that. You know, um, and, and, and you're not uh, now with Penny Villapana and Iron and um, When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Marrow and Goody, and there's so many really, really good rugby players. That's Harrison at the moment. The reality is it's the same thing. It's on all the great sides. You look at Montpellier this year, you know, having Bismarck and having Rampina and Cruden and Franz Stein and just just amazing rugby players. Uh, and you need the crazy players. But if you can take... I've got a saying, which I always say, 
to coaches. I said, um, good coaches can make um, a rugby team a good rugby team, but but only great players will make a rugby team a great rugby team. Yeah, and you must understand that coaches do not win trophies. Coaches make teams competitive. Players win trophies. Good rugby players win trophies, not coaches. You know, coaches' job is to get the best out of people. That's their job. Mm-hmm. You know, and if they've got good people, there's potential. You see certain people who've got unlimited potential early on, and all you need to do is get to the system, allow them to develop. And I think that is a, a, a thing. One of my weaknesses is with talking that I stick with people too long, but I'd much rather stick with somebody too long and have a good relationship with them than, than, than call. Uh, uh, everybody's saying you can't do that, you can't do that, you can't do that. I'm much more about what can you do, um, my approach. So, um, <clears throat> in all the roles that you, in, in all, all the roles that, that you've held uh, in in England, South Africa, and more recently Italy, um, are there significant cultural differences which you've had, which you've had to overcome, or are those somewhat overblown? I think. One of the things is um, when I went over and I'm the, 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 I would say the big boss, I'm completely in control and, and I can do whatever I want. So my recent jobs have all been consultancy jobs. So I'm very aware that I work with my friends. I work with Anna, who's a friend. I work with Connor, who's a friend. Um, you know, I work with McKenzie, who's a, a friend. They, they're good people. Um, and, and I take um, a lesser role from that point of view. Um, and when I would differ with them, it's not my team. I'm very clear that because I also know I'm often wrong. So I don't push something. When it's my team, when I'm solely responsible for it, I will say, I understand. I do what everybody says. This is what we're going to do. Um, and uh, that is culturally hard when you don't create the whole culture yourself. And when you um, um, must consciously say, I do disagree with this, but this is your team and you're my friend and I'm going to back you. I'm not going to say yes, but tomorrow I'm going to back you in this thing. And it, is, it makes it harder, uh, you know, but that is the way a consultant works. You must have the ability to do that. You know, when I worked with Darby Tron, um, he was um, with a South African under 20 side, and I said, he asked me if I can help him. I said, let's just go for coffee. Let's talk. And, you know, we spoke for two hours and then I said, I'll just be able to work with you because we've got a similar... Um, uh, outlook on life and uh, outlook on coaching, uh, and I enjoyed very much working there. That's why I've actually, I've, I've always loved working wherever I've gone, um, and I always stay in contact with with everybody I've always worked with. Um, uh, you know, at the Sharks with John Smith, um, at London Irish with Nick Kennedy, at Ireland, uh, at um, Italy with Connor, um, at um, South Africa with Alistair, um, purely because these are my friends. Mm. These are people I respect and. Um, the relationship stayed very, very, very healthy. Um, uh, after uh, I left, or after we left, or after whatever happened, because I do come in as a consultant. I do not come in as a long-term solution for anything, you know, because I am a medical doctor. That's what I do for a living. You know, and if you, I cannot offer you, it's like the fine print in the contract, I cannot offer you more than I'm giving you, because I do go back to my practice. And, and, and I say that from the start. Excellent. And um, Now, do you have any players that come to mind uh, that have really that have really impressed you ju- during your time coaching? And I don't mean the guys who are naturally talented because they impress everyone, but the guy who impresses you behind the scene with their work rate or their attitude towards their profession. Um, I, I must admit, I'm 
everybody that stayed with me, whether it be at Saracens or London Irish or the Shark, that stayed in my environment, I was very happy with. Because if you don't perform, you don't stay in my environment. Yeah. Uh, if, and perform for me is, is a brilliant attitude. You are in control of your attitude. You're not always in control of, of um, the outcome, but your attitude, you're 100% in control of. So all of those players, I can, I can probably name 50 players <laughs> who I was just unbelievably impressed with. Their attitude, I, I actually very rarely struggled that I had to say to somebody, I've never dropped a player out of a rugby team. I don't drop people. I rotate people. I debate um, performances with them. I say um, at the moment for a big game, I think because we've got a rotation policy and we we have a selection matches. So if there's a, a premiership final, I remember when Wiggy and Neil de Kock, we could literally not say who should play and we flipped, flipped the coin. Uh, you know, wow. It was an honest, really, I said, I can't debate who's on form at the moment. Because there's a difference between being better than somebody or being on form. Somebody's better than somebody else, but he's actually on form. You're not on form. So that proves it too. Um, uh, so, so uh, you know, even uh, I worked in London Irish um, as a consultant uh, last year and this year. And everybody I worked with in the environment, I was just so impressed with that. You know, there are very few weak links and lazy people that should go to get rid of, you know. Um, absolutely, absolutely incredible. Um, just changing the subject a little bit, uh, I was at, uh, at home last Saturday watching England versus South Africa, and um, it seems to be there's a bit of a new dawn for, the, for, for this South African team. Uh, are you quite optimistic about where they're going? Yes, I think there's a lot of positives uh, in, in what they're doing. Um, the one dilemma is they seem to have to start all over again. Mm. Uh, any organisation um, has got there's certain um, teething problems and, um, and, sc- and school fees that you pay in making mistakes, and 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 I think in, in their case, the one thing they should have done, they should have given over the bat a little bit better. Sat with Alistair and said, "What did what worked for you? What didn't work for you?" Because Rossi is going to is, is, is going to reinvent the wheel, you know. And there's so many positives looking at the game against the English, um, you know. But I think. They are going to struggle at times uh, because it, it takes time. It, it takes time to build a good rugby side. And South Africa, um, because there's so many players playing outside, mm-hmm. aren't always um, having the ability to play their best players. Even when these players come back and Faf did well and Billy did well and Dwayne did well, Dwayne has to go back to Japan. You know, and, and Sailor going to sit on Faf to come back and Wasa going to sit on Billy to come back. And it's hard building a team that work together, train together the whole time. You know, it's challenges that South Africa have that is going to complicate things. You know, it's going to make it harder than other places. So do you think the secret to South Africa getting the players back, is it purely just a monetary issue? What is that? Explain uh, again. Sorry, so the challenge for South Africa yes. to get their players back, is it purely just a money issue and enough money being in the South African game? Yes. Yes. No, it's just they can earn so much more money outside. It's as simple as that. I mean, I'm sure Billy is earning about, it's probably 550,000 pounds. You know, I mean, there's no one in South Africa that earns that. You know, Faf would have gone for 500. Mm. And so, you know, Dwayne would earn 600,000 euro. It's, it's just, and I, I, I'm not, these are not facts. These are just, if I understand the market at the moment. 
you know, and what was available, uh, you know, is, this is what these players are earning. It's just so much money. So our currency is a huge problem. You know, it, it's just an issue, you know. Yeah, well, I mean... I'm... And there are issues with transformation. You know, a lot of the players have left because there are um, um, decisions in our country that a certain amount of transformation has to happen. And if you're in a position 50-50 with a player of colour, you know, you're just not going to play. It's something like that. You know, and it has happened. And, you know, we're very aware of that. It has to It has to be. That's, that is the, the set of rules we, our country functions by, and so be it. Um, you know, so there, there are numerous things that complicate... South Africa having the ability or having players leave. Yeah. Do you think two years is enough for South Africa to get their act together in order to be competitive at, at the World Cup? And when I say competitive, I mean semi-finals and finals. Look, it's unbelievably difficult um, competing at the highest level without any handicap. Mm-hmm. Any handicap. So, so I often say, okay, look at England. England, theoretically, have got one player at the moment playing outside of England who could potentially uh, uh, be considered Chris Ashton. And, and he left because Eddie said he's not going to select him. He's yeah. got one English player at the moment playing outside of England. So when they have a training camp, South Africa have 300 professional rugby players playing outside of South Africa. It's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, yeah. That is a proper handicap. You know, and, and the solution is most probably simply recruiting or funding 35 players, paying them a fortune, you know. Um, but then losing all the debts, how long are those 35 going to play? How long contracts do they get? You know, the boys go to France, go to Japan, they earn eight, nine million rand. You know, they, they you know, the rugby quality is not as high as super rugby over and over. You don't travel as much. It's complex. I don't think they've got a, a complex challenge. Yeah. Um, to make the team very good. And it's not straightforward. It's not as easy as just saying, come in, just do this and this, change a bit of this, and there we go. Yeah. Now, you've been more than generous with your time, so I won't keep you much longer. But uh, I do think it's fair to talk about serious serious rugby issues for just one, just one second. You're taking a little bit of an extended break from rugby at the moment to watch your, to watch, well, for one of many reasons, to watch your son play. Uh, how, um, how is he getting on and where's he playing? Oh, no, he, he plays for a school called Polaris um, and he is it's in his final year at school uh, and they have a lot of tournaments that they go all over the country. They're a good side. They, they, it's probably with great college, the best two sides in the country this year and, um, he plays really nicely, and I enjoy watching him. And I enjoy going everywhere for weekends and, and having the ability to go to all the the, the stuff. Uh, but they they done in let's say September, October. So so then I can get get back to um, getting my rugby fix uh, somewhere, <laughs> which which there is always another place to get my fix. So it's just this year, um, which I've I've decided not to to do anything. Now, now he sounds like he's progressing rather nicely. And uh, I'm sure there's a bit of pressure on him, of course, because his surname is Venter. But uh, do you expect him to take it to the next level? I mean, is that even what he wants to do? Because of the way that I coach, there is actually no pressure on him. Uh-huh. Because if his effort is and his and his, his work ethic and his discipline is optimal, he gets unbelievable accolades from me, uh-huh. uh, and you know the result is, is secondary. So I think it, it makes it easy because I see it in my own home. It's senseless. Um, teaching a certain thing, but not living your own life by those principles. So 
So my own boy is already extremely successful. He works really hard. He's got great skills. So he's got great attitude. When they play, he makes the most tackles. He makes the most kicks. He makes the most carries. And I say, well, you're awesome. So, so he plays really well for me. He is talented. He, he's got a natural feel for the game. And he's got a brilliant attitude. Um, and he's actually got a... He, I, I would say, um, barring a serious injury, he's, he, he could be a professional rugby player. He's good enough to be a professional rugby player. Uh, you know, and it's mainly because of his attitude. Excellent. Well, Brendan, I have also noticed that you've recently entered the entered the entered the world of Twitter. Can you just let everyone know where we can find you and uh, where we can follow the goings on of uh, Brendan Venter? Um, sorry, man, I'm not that organised. <laughs> 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 you find me on Twitter. I um, would debate certain issues at the moment. We're debating there. The Ashwin Valenta, Nick Mallet, Mark Twitter. Oh, I saw that. Because it's a, it's a race debate, you know, and we are um, we're quite outspoken in saying that, you know, um, because we are not racist, we don't see the world like that. So it's hard for us to understand. And if people are hurt by things you say or do, you can just tell them. That's how it works. And then people can try. All of us, most people are actually naturally quite good people. They, they don't go out there to hurt other people. You know, and if, if if people share what makes hurts people, then you just don't do it again. You know, and you consider other people. And this is where we're saying at the moment: just tell us what did you wrong, what was said wrong, and you know, because then we can all think. Because it's different. I, you know, I'm not a black person. I, I can never claim to be one. I do not know what black people feel because I'm white. And and I'm going to. But if you don't tell me, I, I can't understand your pain. You know, if if I'm, um, and it's the same thing. I'm not a woman. You know, if a woman says, but, you know, certain things you did offended me, I, I can say fine, because I can never be a woman. I can never be black. You know, and, and I think that's where we're coming from at the moment. Is our outlook on life is we want to treat people well and with respect. Yeah, and just, we want to work with relationships. Now, just to paint a bit more of a picture there for the listeners, what Brendan is referring to is a... Well, spat, I guess. A rather awkward uh, thing in studio where Ashvin Williamson walked out. Of, well, he had an argument with his fellow presenters on air, I think is what happened. And his, Williamson, yeah. Yeah, and his co-presenters on... He actually walked out on air in the middle of a, a live broadcast. It yeah. was huge. And, and it ended up saying, well, you know, he was treated unfairly and he was treated... In a in a in a in a in a demeaning um, way by these two, and like everybody was, wow, that's not fair, you know. We understand. Then we said, well, what did they, what did they do? And then then they would go, oh, we don't know. And and you know, England said, well, they're going to appoint somebody, and they're going to tell us last week, and then they were going to tell us yesterday, and now it's another week, and everybody's saying, but what is it? Just tell us, so we can all understand each other better. And, and treat each other better because that is the object of the exercise. You know, we not yet to, um, and and this is where we're going at the moment. You know, um, uh, what is it? What was said? Uh, how do we actually use this to learn from it? That we treat each other better. It's as simple as that. Yeah. You know, both parties. Uh, in this case, it's race, but there's gender issues, there's sexuality issues, there is um, there's all kinds of issues. There's people who have. Grew up without fathers. We all have got some form of issue in our lives. And if you talk about my philosophy in, in, in sports and coaching, it's better you know people when you spend time with people and you learn to know them. You start understanding what makes them function. Mm. And, and when you know what makes people function, you can actually get the best out of them. That's actually the bottom line in the thing. Um, 
and knowing that people are different. We are not all the same. We don't see the world the same. I'm not necessarily right in the way I see the world, but if you don't tell me how you see it differently, how will I know? You know, so that's, that is basically our philosophy in, 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 in life and in sports. And sports is just an extension of life. Do you think about these social issues quite a lot, Brendan? Oh, massively, massively. You must understand my day-to-day in my practice is all about that. People come in to me, and, and at the doctor they expose their, their real true feelings. And you actually realise how people that come out of broken homes, that grew up with our parents, or with a mom and dad who divorced, or with a parent died, or there's racial issues, or anything, sexuality issues, or people that are okay, or people that are straight. And, and this is the point of my mind. This is probably what makes it different. That's the way I see the world. That's my day-to-day job. So when people come over me, my first thought is not get over it. My first thought is, how can we talk about this thing, debate it, and how can we understand each other better? Full stop. It's yeah. as simple as that, you know. So, um, and I mean, that's why you, this is a sport thing. You ask me, this is why that's the way it works in sport. So is, is there anything that particularly concerns you going forward? Because obviously we've got a, a changing social environment. Uh, South Africa, I think, uh, only exi- um, exacerbates these problems in a lot of ways. So, so is there anything in particular that actually concerns you regarding it all? The only thing that concerns me is that we can't have the conversation. We are supposed to have the conversation. The conversation keeps going about uh, back, you don't understand how I feel. You know, and, and all we're saying is then, tell me how you feel. This is the conversation. Tell me when I offended you. Most people out there don't deliberately offend other people. That's not how we go out there. We're not trying to offend other people. You know, uh, But it needs conversation. It needs uh, these things. And sometimes it's actually a good thing. If it's built within the right way, there's growth. People change. People adapt. People uh, respect other people more. You know, In our country, there is a genuine, genuine um, desire to treat each other well. Yeah. You know, we, we would prefer, we are the rainbow nation. We want to respect other people. We do not want to go into little silos and all races live together separate. And that's not how the world works, you know. Mm. Religions, you look at what happened in Ireland with the Protestants and the Catholics, you know, that was absurd. You know, people divided there because of religion. And it's everywhere people find a way to divide. And we want to actually say, well, that's the way I say it, that in my practice, nobody walks in and I say, oh, sorry, I don't see them, I don't see them, I don't see them, I only want to see one group of people. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. You see all kinds of people, men, women, children, old people, young people, Christians, Muslims, uh, straights, gays, uh, blacks, whites, colors, Indians, you see everything. So I'm going, we're all just the same. Everybody's got the same issues. you know. Uh, and I see it more than anybody because I'm a doctor. Yeah. You know, there's nothing on the board saying we can't, we don't see these group of people. Sorry, you know, it doesn't work like that. And I'm, I'm privileged because it's rare that you get into a position where people come through your door of all different kinds of, 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 of um, social standing. Excellent. Well, uh, Brendan, you, you have been more than generous with your time and I've kept you far longer than uh, I said that I originally would. So thank you so much. I, I think I could have stayed here and asked you questions for uh, a good couple of hours more but uh, I feel that you might have more more pressing issues to attend to today okay no no problem it was nice talking to you thanks Tim well there he was uh, Brendan Venter uh, massive thank you to Brendan for coming on because he as you can tell is a very very busy man uh, I will be back next week with a 
well, actually, a very special guest. Um, not a rugby player, kind of a reporter, similar sort of feel to me, but you're going to have to wait and see and find out who he is next week. So uh, until then, goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.